The United States started the war in 2011. Uh, we sent uh, CIA agents, uh, special operatives, and uh, they went to coordinate and lead the efforts of the al-Qaeda-linked terrorists uh, who were attacking Syria at that time, attacking the legitimate government. Uh, they were sworn to to uh, behead all of the Christians, the Alawi, the uh, Shia uh, Muslims, uh, but particularly with a focus on the Christians, killing them, uh, selling their their daughters, their wives at slave markets. The United States became uh, uh, implacable allies. Uh, just uh, uh, we have been unwavering supporters of Al Qaeda since then. Remarkably, uh, this is the group that uh, brought down the twin towers and the Pentagon on 9/11, and uh, here just. Ten years after uh, the tr- national trauma of losing 3,000 people to the biggest terrorist attack in history, uh, we were fully aligned and sending Central Intelligence Agency uh, to lead al-Qaeda in an attempt to take over from the legitimate uh, government of Syria. So, uh, yes, I, I got very involved in it uh, back in 2011, actually before the war began, because I was curious what what were we doing in Libya? Because we were overthrowing the government of Libya, which had been a close U.S. ally up to that point. And uh, I realized that uh, what we were doing is we were looting their tremendous stores of weapons and shipping them uh over to Syria to supply the the terrorists there. And uh, that's what really got me involved <clears throat> because, you know, I've uh, I've shed blood for this country on the battlefield. And somehow the idea that uh, we were allied with Al Qaeda uh, was uh, was shocking. And uh, I've studied it intensely since then and have never found any uh, suggestion to the contrary. Uh, to this very day, we support uh, Al-Qaeda, and uh, we have gradually uh, moved from the point where we recognize that the uh, that the people of Syria totally rejected all of the terrorists uh, that we put forward, uh, and eventually they rose up behind President Bashar al-Assad and the Syrian army, and they were able to uh, to force the hand of the uh, of the terrorists and uh, and drive them from the country and they would have completely purged Syria of the terrorists were it not for the fact that uh, the US uh, went in and and physically put boots on the ground you may recall president obama perhaps 20 30 50 times saying we will have no boots on the ground at the very moment that he was saying that, we were making the plans to put boots on the ground, and we we now have a significant force that occupies northern Syria. Uh, there's no political legitimacy to it, but U.S. and Turkish forces have occupied the northern part. Um, this is the the northern part of Syria is very special because. It is the breadbasket for all of Syria. Uh, the vast bulk of the wheat produced 
to feed the Syrian nation is produced there. We deliberately have cut that off. Most of the oil and natural gas is also produced there. And we have, uh, by occupying that area, uh, we have, uh, we have seized the oil and natural gas and, uh, we were giving it to U.S. companies and, and especially, uh, to, uh, groups that, uh, that are using it to hold control. We have a Kurdish minority and, uh, we, we use that minority uh, as our allies to basically to rob the entire nation of its wheat and its fuel. And that's, that's what we're doing. And even that was not sufficient to, uh, to bring down the government. Uh, we're clearly, we've never shifted our objective, which is to, uh, uh, to bring down the government and to install uh, an Islamic extremist uh, uh, government that will behead the Christians, the Alawites, the Shia, and the moderate uh, Sunnis. Uh, that's our objective. And uh, now uh, this, uh, this Caesar Civilian Protection Act has been introduced in the Congress and passed with very little very little debate or dissension. And the purpose of this is to create famine and destitution uh, within Syria and to prevent them from rebuilding uh, after 10 years of war that we have imposed on them. Um, so right now we're, we're creating uh, famine, death, destruction, uh, we, we have blockaded, uh, the Syrians from receiving, uh, medical supplies. I saw this back as, as early as 2016 when I visited hospitals there. And, uh, over and over they, they told me about the fact that they could not receive prosthetic devices for people injured by the landmines we planted. And, uh, and, uh, additionally, they can't receive, uh, uh, cancer medications. So for a woman, uh, who, who has breast cancer in Syria, uh, she simply dies of it. And this is very treatable. I, I you know, my own wife, uh, I've, I've experienced this within the last year. There's a tremendous advance in the ability to treat breast cancer, thankfully. Uh, but the United States deliberately, intentionally prevents Syrian women from receiving breast cancer medication. And uh, it, it is remarkable how cruel and savage uh, U.S. policy is. And, and the members of Congress seem, so many of them, just totally oblivious. And they don't care and they don't understand. They don't know what, they don't know what they're doing. But uh, they, they go in and they take away the ability of a country to, to use its own currency. They support naval blockades of countries that have never done anything to us. Never, never the first, uh, first hostile act towards the United States. And then we create famine and starvation 
uh, we have we have small children starving, and just fine. This has been a bipartisan policy. Both parties, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo is the one who initiated the Caesar sanctions. Current Secretary of State Blinken, who criticized the Obama administration for not doing more to overthrow Assad, is a strong supporter of these sanctions. So here's a question I have for you on this. You know that in the 2016 campaign, Donald Trump ran as an opponent to these endless wars, and he pledged to end them. He was opposed by members of both parties in his efforts to do it. But the American people voted for Trump because I think the American people want to get out of these wars. What is the goal of the war hawks then who keep these wars going, uh, those in the foreign policy and the defense and security establishment? Uh, are they just ignorant or is there a bigger intent to this in your, in your thoughts? I, I think there's a, there's a larger intent. Um, it's my impression that uh, the there there are a group of global oligarchs, people of fabulous wealth, uh, people who can literally literally their personal wealth is more than the wealth of great nations, and uh, these people they gather together in places like Davos periodically to coordinate their efforts. It, it is my impression that the overall plan is to dissolve nation states, uh, to create a, a state of chaos and disorder, uh, not only overseas. We're doing this to nations overseas, but it's being done in this country also. Uh, the, the disorder that you see today in America, the, the tremendous uh, attack on on basic uh, uh, morality and decency, uh, the unleashing of criminal elements all over the over the nation. You see this this eating away at the foundations of America at the same time that the U.S. armed forces and the U.S. Uh, foreign policy establishment is being employed to uh, to destroy and undermine other nations. But I think ultimately the goal down the line is to dissolve nation states and to create a singular government, which will essentially be immune to public concerns. Uh, as government gets higher and higher, more distant from the people, then the people have less and less influence on what happens to it. And I think that's where we are headed uh, rather rapidly. And you can see with the censorship that's being imposed uh, throughout the, the media and that type of thing, this is the direction. But keep in well, mind, there are, there are people who are becoming fabulously wealthy from all of this. And, and to them, uh, they're looking at their bottom lines. They, these are very sadistic, selfish people who really take pleasure in in creating starvation and and uh, and uh, war and death well something about the caesar sanctions that, that are quite significant is that they're not just against the syrian people but any other country or any other business or individual who would try to trade with syria will be targeted for sanctions 
Now, the Schiller Institute has initiated a mobilization in support of these statements of the papal nuncio, Cardinal Zanari, who uh, described the, who criticized the Caesar sanctions and warned that now 90% of the people of Syria are living below the poverty line. His call was endorsed by Helga Zeppler-Rouche, who called for the sanctions to be lifted immediately and for economic reconstruction to begin. And you made the point that with these sanctions, there can be no economic reconstruction. But let me ask you this point. As a military veteran who has experienced the devastation of war firsthand and has been in Syria and seen the results of the civil war there, what can you say to people who remain indifferent in the face of this kind of suffering that's being done in their name, supposedly providing security for the American people? You know, I think... If Americans understood uh, what their government is doing, they, they would be aghast. I think one of the one of the greatest difficulties of getting people to comprehend the the gravity of what we are doing is that people, you know, they've been raised to understand. Oh, the U.S. is good. The U.S. does good things, and and I think historically we've been a pretty good country overall. Um, I've certainly shed my blood uh, trying to trying to make things better, I thought. And uh, uh, but it's important for people to understand what sanctions do. Uh, Sanctions create starvation and hardship for common people Uh, in in northern Syria. Uh, and this is in the breadbasket of Syria, but the, all of the all of the wheat is taken by these powerful warlords, uh, the Kurdish warlords up there, and uh, and it, it's kept away from the people. Now, most of the people in northern northern Syria are Arab; they're Arabic. There are quite a few Christians also, but we have decided that everything goes to the to the Kurds or to U.S. companies up there. So it has gotten so bad that the, the famine that we have imposed is so great that even in the breadbasket of Syria, uh, where they used to export wheat to other countries, it's gotten so bad that, uh, that, uh, families are having to go to U.S. bases where, where the Americans throw their trash out in the dump. And they take their children, small children, and they wipe food from the cans uh, that left over from the from the garbage that Americans have thrown out. And so we now have have reduced the, the once proud, highly intelligent, highly productive Syrian people to where now they're taking their children and they're going and they're having them root through American garbage so that they can feed themselves. Um, this is this is so tragic. And I it's just it, it sickens me that we that we put our American troops in this posture because you know our American soldiers and Marines they're patriotic. They're they're good people. They want to do good things and we're forcing them to do the devil's work in Syria. We're forcing them to support al-Qaeda, uh, in some cases ISIS, um, and uh, and it's just this bizarre situation where 
where we're making them cause such hardship. This We talk about the Nazis. We talk about the Bolsheviks. We talk about Mao Zedong with this, the mass starvation in China. We are doing this deliberately in Syria today. We are doing something. It may not be on the on the magnitude because Syria is a small country. But considering the size of the country, yes, it is the equivalent of what was done in Nazi Germany, what was done during the Bolshevik Revolution uh, and done by Mao Zedong with the Great Leap Forward. It is deliberately now even 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 Mao Zedong didn't deliberately cause starvation. He just did it through ineptitude. Fifty million Chinese died. Uh, back way back in, in Chinese history. But today, in modern day, we are deliberately causing starvation. We are deliberately causing the spread of disease. We are deliberately causing people to freeze to death in the winter in a country that, that used to actually be able to export a little bit of oil and natural gas. Not a lot. But they had a balanced economy. They shipped some agricultural products. They shipped oil. They they had natural gas for export. They shipped a lot of machinery. They had a, a wonderfully balanced economy with a very productive people. We've wrecked their economy. We have we have helped the Turks to loot over a thousand factories in Aleppo city, and now we have stolen their wheat and their fuel so that we can create starvation and famine. And uh, there's a, a senior fellow from the UAA, uh, UAE Finance Middle East Institute. Uh, they're very, very committed to overthrowing Syria. And this fellow uh, forecasts growing destitution, famine, and predatory behavior resulting from the new Caesar sanctions. And he says he sees human suffering as an opportunity for the U.S. to achieve regime change. So we can't convince the Syrians to accept a radical Islamic uh, government uh, that that is devoted to beheading so many uh, Syrian uh, civilians. And so instead, because they won't accept this from us, we're saying, okay, let's create enough suffering, famine, starvation to where people will simply be forced to to kneel before the the US and comply with what we're trying to do. It is despicable. I am ashamed of what we are doing. It is not the America that I grew up in. But that's exactly what you just described is exactly what James Jeffrey, the former envoy of the administration Syria said was the intention to use the sanctions as a form of regime change. But just the, the final question I have for you, and, and look, I fully agree with you. This is a horrible tragedy, and I commend you for speaking out in spite of the general lack of awareness in the, the country and also the, the hostility to even thinking about these things. But what can the ordinary citizen do to put an end to the sanctions? I know most people are pessimistic. They've been convinced they, they don't know enough. It's outside of their control. But we we can't sit by and let this happen, can we? 
No, we really can't. I think it's time that Americans started to question why are we being taught to hate so many people? China's not attacking us. Russia's not attacking us. Iran, Iraq, Syria, Libya. Venezuela's not attacking. Cuba's not attacking us. Um, and yet we are taught, we teach our, our children almost from the time they're born to hate and despise these other people. Now, there are things that I would change if I were, if I were, uh, a citizen of China or, or of Iran or, or wherever. Um, but, uh, but those are not my country. My country is the United States. And believe me, we've got problems enough of our own without going over and trying to, uh, dictate, uh, lifestyles to other nations. But people need to, need to remind themselves, you know, we have a, we have a, a generally Christian nation and, uh, you, people might reflect on the, on the, uh, uh, the fact that it was Jesus who said, you know, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be the children of God. When is the last time that the U.S. has spoken about peace? When is the last time we have ever said, let's end the wars? We don't talk about ending wars anymore. We talk about continuing them indefinitely. And I think it's, in, it's time that we began to question why are we taught to hate so many people in this country. We need to start looking at, at sanctions. Sanctions are sadistic. They're evil uh, actions taken. We never could do the same thing that we do today because of the, the lack of, of computer technology. But today we can control the flow of information and so forth. We devalue countries' currency. Uh, the Syrian pound was doing okay, and uh, and now we have prohibited banks from exchanging Syrian pounds. So the Syrians cannot purchase uh, uh, repair parts for American-built machinery. Uh, we can't. They can't purchase. Uh, medicine to, to heal, uh, cancer or heart disease or, or diabetes or things like that. Um, and we, we prohibit the importation of food and fuel to Syria. We have imposed a naval blockade. We seize ships at sea with no authorization. Uh, the, you know, the seizure of a, uh, of a, a ship from from another nation that you're not at war with uh, is illegal under international law. And because it's illegal, if you don't have a declared war against the nation whose shipping you're seizing, then the seizure is an act of piracy. And the United States is actively engaging in piracy against uh, against oil ships that are sent by Iran and other countries to uh, supply the uh, the Syrian nation. We just Americans need to start to to challenge and question the whole idea of sanctions. It's become uh, every time we we have some little 
irritation with one country, another, something we dislike. We say, oh, let's get out there. Let's, let's sanction them. Let's, let's cause suffering. We are even talking about sanctioning Germany because it wants to complete the last 1% of a gas pipeline between Russia and Germany. Germany is one of our oldest and most staunch allies, and we're talking about punishing them because they trade as they are allowed to do uh, with other countries. We're also threatening Australia, believe it or not. And I know there are some, uh, some people who are who are my age, who uh, who uh, took R&R in Australia during the Vietnam War and just learned to love the Australian people. We are telling Australia to shut down its coal industry because we've decided that in the United States, the, the uh, governing elite is going to cut off all carbon fuels and we're going to live on... Uh, on windmills and sun chips and corn alcohol in the in the gas tank it's just it's bizarre and uh we we have just become sort of a sort of a global dictator that uh we don't we don't try to find common ground any longer with with countries where we inevitably will have some disputes today we we simply have Secretaries of State, and I think Mike Pompeo is a classic example. Uh, John Kerry was very bad. Pompeo got even worse. He was he was just a bombastic, uh, selfish uh, uh, bully. Uh, he he struck you less as a diplomat and more as the kind of kind of schoolyard bully who would who would walk around with a gang of kids behind him and and he'd see a little. A little boy with a crutch, uh, walking by himself in the, on the playground and he'd say, Hey, watch this. And he'd run over and kick the, kick the crutch and throw the kid down on his face and laugh for the other kids. Uh, this, this guy is despicable. I can't believe that he prides himself on the fact that he has been able to create so much suffering. And I don't see things getting better under Tony Blinken. Uh, he's the one who has been threatening Australia with with sanctions and saying, you know, we're just we're not going to have you making your own decisions on uh, on uh, your national energy policy. We're going to make your policies in Washington. This is we are the worst, the worst uh, ally that a nation could ever have because. We don't hesitate to threaten and bully all of the countries that are supposedly allied with us. It's a very strange thing, but Americans really, they've got to wake up to what these sanctions are. Every time that they impose a sanction, they say, we don't do this to cause suffering for ordinary people. It's targeted at the leadership. That is almost a standard operating procedure to make that statement. It is unequivocally false. The impact falls on the ordinary person who suddenly finds that the the cash in their wallet is devalued, who finds that uh, they don't have enough bread to feed the family. Um, 
who, who finds that they have to go out to American trash dumps to wipe little bits of, of food from the cans that were thrown away by American soldiers just so that they can keep their children alive. This is not America, and Americans really need to come to grips with this casual uh, implementation of, uh, of sanctions. Sanctions are fundamentally cruel, evil actions, and there is, there's simply no justification. If you're not in a, a, an active state of war with a nation, which I hope doesn't happen, but uh, there is no legal justification for them, and there certainly is no moral justification. They are, they are just the antithesis of, of Christianity. They're the antithesis of, of other religions, of Islam. They, they are incompatible with any notion of mercy and kindness and decency. So I, I think I, I would like to see our churches begin to question sanctions. What are we doing? Why are we, why are we so cruel towards other people? I think some of the churches are starting to speak out, but we need much more, as you point out. And it's the ultimate irony that we talk about a rules-based order. When we're the ones who make the rules, the, the American establishment, the city of London, NATO, and imposing these cruel sanctions, as you point out, 